Hope City Church. Can I get a hey one more time from all of you? Hello, hello. My name is Andrea Isaacs, and my husband Jason and I are the pastors of Hope City Church. And you have probably already heard it at least once in this service already, but we are one church in two locations. We have a second location out in Shepherdsville. Will you help me welcome our Shepherdsville location? Good morning, guys. The reality is we just love being together as a church family. So however you find yourself hearing this message, uh, whether it's through podcasts or watching it online or you, whatever location you're at, we are so glad uh, to be together. And we really, really do consider it an honor uh, to be a part of your Christmas season. Um, so we, we love that. We, we are so excited. Speaking of Christmas, uh, we have lots and lots of Christmas services. We just want to remind you of these again. Uh, that there are five different options that you and your family, your friends can be a part of. And so we are kicking it off this Thursday night. Can you believe that? It's already here. Like it is upon us. It is happening this Thursday at 7 p.m. That'll be our very first kind of Christmas service experience. And then Saturday night, December 21st, that service will happen uh, at South Louisville at 6 p.m. And then Sunday morning, we have two services at South Louisville, 9 a.m. and 11.45. And again, uh, just wanting people to to know that because it is different than our normal service time. So kind of help yourself. Remember, maybe set a reminder in your phone if those are one of the services you're coming to. And then our Shepherdsville location, they will have their Christmas service on Sunday morning, December 22nd at 10.30. So we love that, and we, we are so ready to celebrate. Statistics tell us that people are more willing and apt to say yes to a Christmas invitation to church than any other time of the year. And so we want to leverage that. We um, say around here all the time, one more matters. And so one more person showing up to a Christmas service, one more person who makes a decision for Jesus, one more person uh, who shows up, whose marriage is struggling, or they're, they're just trying to find hope for whatever their current situation is. Uh, that's why we create these options, because we want people to meet Jesus, to encounter Jesus. Amen. We love that. So be thinking already, what service can you come to with your family? Who could you invite? Who could you say yes to? I also kind of think uh, that there's something significant to the fact that people have just been hearing about Jesus the whole month of December, whether they realize it or not. They've been listening to Christmas songs. They've been in you know, shopping malls. And, and everything about this season is essentially pointing to Jesus. And so we are just prayerful now that people's hearts are already being tender uh, and turned towards the gospel, towards the message of Jesus and the hope that he brings. Amen. So we are so excited also, again, just to be in Christmas. And at my house, um, we kind of do a different little Advent activity every day. Uh, but my five-year-old son, Solomon, I have four kids uh, total. So he's number three. He's, he's third in line. But he's spunky. I'm just going to tell you right now. He is um, every day. <clears throat> Mom, is today Christmas? Is it Christmas today, Mom? And I'm like, nobody. Well, then how come you keep saying it's Christmas? Mom, if it's not Christmas, why do you keep saying that it's Christmas? So we're having the conversation about the Christmas season versus what's actually Christmas. And he's really not feeling it, you know. He's like, but I want it to be Christmas now, Mom. And uh, I'm like, I get that, buddy. I get that. And, and every time that I have to say to him, not yet, not yet. I mean, he's just like, it's taking forever. 
And I think that that is maybe where some of us find ourselves in life. It is taking forever. Different situations, different circumstances. And so what I want to talk about um, with the time that I have today is just this idea. What do we do when maybe like Solomon, we find ourselves frustrated in the waiting? We find ourselves a little bit exhausted uh, by the emotions and the tension of waiting and wondering and and when's it going to change and when's this going to happen and when are we going to get there? And uh, so just taking that idea, we know that Christmas is truly, honestly, a season all about waiting. Um, It's a season about anticipation, about looking ahead um, to to what is to come. And uh, maybe in just practical terms, it's a season of waiting, waiting in lines, right? Waiting on your Amazon package to show up at the front door. Maybe waiting in the car ride. My kids, they're like, oh, when are we going to get there? When you're going home to visit family for Christmas. And ultimately, we're waiting on Christmas Day, Christmas uh, itself to show up. Um, But I think that this concept, this idea of waiting is something that we all experience in various seasons of our lives in various ways. And especially as it applies to our spiritual walks, um, our relationships with God and, and, and the, this journey of our faith, that, that there are different times in our life where we are maybe waiting and God is saying, not yet. God's saying, not yet. And maybe it's that you're waiting to find that special, significant someone to spend your life with and you feel like God's just not hearing those prayers. Or maybe you're waiting um, for your health uh, to be turned around. You're waiting for healing. Maybe you're waiting on what's next in your career or your job and you just feel like, man, it is taking forever. And I I just want to kind of ask the question, like, what are we supposed to do with that? What are we supposed to do when there is a real tension, a real struggle um, during those stretches of waiting, especially when they seem to go on and on. And I, what I have found in my own spiritual walk, in my relationship with God, is that sometimes, sometimes the hardest thing God ever asks you to do is nothing. What do we do in those seasons of waiting when we cannot change the circumstance, we cannot speed up the process, we cannot do anything to control what is happening. All we can do is wait. And it feels like nothing. It feels like we are doing nothing. Sometimes it feels like our hands are tied. Sometimes it feels like it might never change. But, but the reality is that sometimes the hardest thing that God might ask us to do is nothing at all. You know, it makes me think of, you guys remember these? You remember these cameras? Some of you, if you're, if you're younger than 30, maybe you don't even know what this is. Uh, this is definitely um, was, was a, a piece of my uh, childhood and teenage experience. These disposable cameras, man, these were so much fun. You would pick one of these up at, you know, the, the grocery store or the drugstore, and um, we, we would just spend, you know, all summer just rolling through these, or if we were, you know, if it was a big trip or whatever, you just, you just wanted one of these cameras around. Uh, but what always inevitably would happen is you'd have multiple cameras like this, and you don't know what in the world is on them. You, you're like taking a whole bag of these disposable cameras to, you know, Walgreens or uh, wherever they have a, a photo developing center. And you're like, I don't really even know what's on this 
thing. I'm just kind of waiting to see. Um, and, and it was a really interesting concept, you know, because, well, first of all, like looking through, I'm going to take a picture of y'all. Uh, looking through these tiny, you got to wind it. And then there's this teeny tiny little, uh, you know, lens that you're looking through. I mean, it's just the whole thing is, is you, sh- you should get one of these for Christmas this year. You should stick these in somebody's stocking. Um, but, you know, and they were real fancy when they, ha- when they came with the flash and all this kind of stuff. But you did not know what these pictures were going to look like. Flash forward to our current se- selfie society, right? And you've got these phones all the time where we're taking pictures and we'll scroll through, you know, 16 different shots and no, delete, delete, delete. Oh, there's a good one. There's a good one. Totally different. Totally different than, than what this experience was like. For those of you who are young chaps in the room, let me tell you um, about this. So you would, you would run through, there's about 24 pictures. That's not a lot. But you could take 24 pictures before the film ran out. And then you would drop it off. And what they would say to you is, come back in seven days. And you can see what's on these pictures. Okay. Or if you wanted to pay an extra fee, you could maybe get them rushed and get them developed in like, three days. Still, this process of waiting and wondering what it's going to look like. And inevitably, you would go and get your beautiful pictures to find out they were not so beautiful sometimes. In that roll of 24, you might have a couple that were good ones. But I was the world's worst at, like, having my finger accidentally in front of the lens. Y'all know this, right? Or you're, you're trying to maybe take a selfie, but it's like your whole arm instead. Um, but you, you really didn't know. You really didn't know what was going to happen. It, it was a process, and it was something that you were going to have to just wait to see the end result. And maybe for some of us today, that is how we feel in our walk with God, in our relationship with God. When we're thinking about what is ahead, especially as we look to 2020, and some of us find ourselves reflecting on um, the future and, and what's, what's coming next, maybe you find yourself wondering, God, what is the picture going to look like? I just don't know. I just don't know, God. What, what is it going to look like? What are you developing in me and for my life? And one of my favorite scriptures related to the Christmas story, I think speaks to this idea of waiting for something. So I want us to take a look at this today. If you have a Bible, um, maybe you use your phone and the YouVersion Bible app, or maybe you brought a Bible. If you don't have your own Bible, there are Bibles in the seats in front of you or the seat where you um, sat down today. And I would love for you to find this scripture because I think even recognizing where it is placed in the Bible is powerful. Um, So it was written in um, the Old Testament. Isaiah was a prophet. And uh, he is kind of, if you're actually looking at chronologically, like where Isaiah is at in the Bible, he's kind of right in the middle or a little bit after the middle of the Old Testament. Okay, so I want you to keep that in mind as we're, as we're looking at this scripture. But Isaiah 9, uh, verse 6, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Just wave at me if you've heard this verse before, about maybe even related to Christmas. Maybe you've heard it in a Christmas carol um, before. But it, I think for a lot of us, is a familiar verse, um, especially during Christmas. 
But I want us to, to point out a couple of things. Isaiah was a prophet. Um, and what a prophet means is that God gave prophets a picture of what was ahead. That's what that word means. A prophet means God spoke to an individual and he said, let me um, show you what the future is going to look like. Let me give you a picture. Let me give you a glimpse of what is ahead. And so the prophet would give a prophecy to the people of God, kind of telling them what was to come. And this is an example of that. This is an example of a prophecy. And we now, in hindsight, are able to look at it and know that it was speaking about Jesus. But this was written, you ready for this? 700 years before Jesus ever showed up in a manger. The time between Isaiah, the book of Isaiah and the prophet Isaiah, and when he said this, and then the distance between that moment and, and Matthew um, or any of the Gospels where we see the, the story of, um, of Jesus being born and, and the story of, of Christmas, essentially, 700 years. 700 years. Some of us in our waiting, in our own personal walks of wondering and waiting, it feels like 700 years. It feels like it is taking forever. But I want to encourage us today. Check this out, okay? We're going to look at the verse a little bit more closely, and I want to point out something specific, okay? It says, for a child is born to us. Now, with this being a, a prophecy, it would have been very okay and very uh, acceptable and good for for Isaiah to say, for a child will be born, right? That's speaking to a future picture. That's speaking to a future um, uh, concept or, 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 or vision that God would have for his people. But look at what it says. It says, for a child is born. And the reason I think that that is significant is because I think it speaks to Isaiah's faith. Even something that he would not personally experience. Isaiah doesn't live for 700 more years. He doesn't ever see Jesus born. But he says this statement, for a child is born to us, a son is given. And I think that that takes supernatural faith. But I believe it's something that we can experience ourselves. When we're looking to the future, and maybe it's a future that we're not even totally sure of, that we can say, God is up to something. God is doing something. I think maybe at the start of our faith, we, we think, oh, it'd be powerful to say God will do something. God will be up to something. But I want to challenge us today with the idea that shift, it, it, it's not just semantics. It, it's, ju it's not just mincing words. That God is doing something. God is up to something. And Isaiah had the kind of faith that he spoke about it as if it was already true, already happening, already present, already a true fact. Not just something that was so far off. He had an excitement and an anticipation for something that he would never actually experience himself, but he talked about it like he did. And I think that's incredibly powerful. So what is it that you're waiting for? What is it? that feels maybe like there's some tension. Maybe there's, it's never gonna happen. Why does God keep saying not yet? But I thought, 
by now this would have happened. And I just want to encourage every single one of us to start looking at it instead of thinking it might never happen or thinking that it's not going to. But I want us to think that maybe, just maybe, while we are waiting, God is working. While we're waiting, God is working. If you're, like I said, waiting on that spouse, waiting on healing for your physical body, waiting on that son or daughter who you want to experience the salvation of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're waiting, you're trying and working so hard to get out of debt, but it just seems like you're not making progress. I want to challenge us to think of it like this. Not that God will heal my body, but God is healing my body. Not that God will help me to get out of debt. God is helping me to get out of debt. Not to think God will save my son or daughter. God is saving my son or daughter. That is faith. That is faith in action. Because Hebrews 11 reminds us that faith is the hope of things that we haven't seen yet. It's a confidence Isaiah had confidence that God was doing, is doing what he says he will do. Amen? Listen, I also think that it is super interesting that in this verse, if you take a look at the King James Version, which is kind of what a lot of us are familiar. Oh, hang on. Okay, let me go back. So you've got this same guy, Isaiah, right here. All right, he has something else to say about waiting that I want us to take a look at. In Isaiah 40, okay, so the same guy who had the kind of faith that we want to model, that maybe we want to borrow some of his tenacious uh, confidence in faith, okay, he had something to say about waiting. Look at what he said. He said, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I don't know about you, but I would love to take advice from a guy who had the kind of faith that could look 700 years into the future and believe that God was going to do it. And he, to me, is the kind of hero of faith who, who I could look at him and say, well, if he can wait and he's not getting discouraged and he's not throwing in the towel, I'd like to know what he has to say about waiting. Those who, what's that word? For the Lord shall renew their, what's that word? Strength. Listen, I think sometimes God has us waiting because we just need to catch our breath. Like we get a chance to renew our strength. I would maybe say it like this. Sometimes God has us waiting because he is trying to help us to slow down. I want you to think about if every single prayer and desire that you had was to be answered right now, Could you handle it? Could your capacity handle it? I think for some of us, if we had the full kind of realization of what the big picture is, like it might shut some of us down. Like God is still allowing us to have our strength renewed before we are on to the next thing. And I've learned this about human nature. Maybe specifically I'm preaching to myself, but I'm not very good at waiting. And I'm definitely not very good at slowing down. So sometimes it's in God's grace that he has us waiting because it is allowing us to renew our strength. It's allowing us to renew our strength. Sometimes 
he is trying to slow us down. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because he has the big picture and he knows what this long arc of our lives, the race that we're running, the big picture, he knows what it looks like and he knows what kind of stamina it's going to take to get us to the finish line. And sometimes, just sometimes, we just need to slow down. God is slowing us down. In that same verse in Isaiah, um, if you look at it in the King James Version, okay, or the New King James Version, there's different translations. That's kind of the familiar passage of those who wait on the, on the Lord. But if you look at the same exact scripture in the NIV translation, it says those who hope. Those who hope in the Lord. And in the New Living Translation, it says those who trust in the Lord. Let me show you, show you what I think that is speaking to. When I am waiting when I'm in a season of waiting, those who wait upon the Lord, it is me exercising hope and trust in God. And there's no way for me to separate the waiting from the hoping and the trusting. There's no way for me to separate the fact that when I am in that process and it doesn't seem like maybe things are going as quickly as I would like for them to, that it is, it is challenging me to say, Hmm, do I really think that God knows best? Do I really think that God knows what timing I should have in my life? But if I do not wait on the Lord, essentially I'm gonna, I'm gonna reverse it. Here's what I think it's saying. God, I don't have my hope in you. When I'm unwilling to wait, when I start getting impatient and I want to start to take control of, of the situation, essentially it's me saying, God, I don't trust that you know what's best. I know what's best. There's no way for me to separate the waiting from the trusting and the hoping in God. So I think that sometimes God has us waiting because he's trying to grow our faith. If we are always the one in charge, if we are always the one making it happen, controlling the situation, bringing things about, man, that sure doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't take much trust in God. That doesn't take much faith and hope in the Lord. And, and so sometimes, I want you to think back. I want you to think about times and seasons in your life where you've had to wait on something and you're waiting and waiting. And then finally, when it happens, you're like, okay, God, yes, you knew exactly when that needed to happen. You knew exactly how this was going to play out. And you know so much better than I do. Okay, I love those moments in, in, in our faith. But what happens, because we're all human, you know, a few years later or, or the next long stretch where we're having to wait, it's like we forget. It's like we forget that God showed up the last time. And, and so, but, but we can, if we'll stop and reflect back, you know what? He did it before. I believe he'll do it again. You know what? He, uh, that last time when it felt like I was waiting and waiting and waiting and then finally it happened, man, God really, he really did know best. And what it should do and what I'm hoping for us is that it grows our faith. It grows our faith. It helps us. It helps us to depend on him. It helps us. It shows us how to depend on God. It shows us how to depend on God. So listen, there, there's, I think, three ways that God is maybe at work even when we feel like we're just waiting. He is oftentimes slowing us down. He is oftentimes showing us how to depend on him. And he's also growing our faith. Those seasons of waiting are not fruitless. 
just because we don't see it yet, it doesn't mean that it's pointless or in vain. God is up to something significant. Listen, what is it that you're wishing for right now? What is it that you are getting your hopes up for? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Listen, if you're not wishing and dreaming and hoping for anything, maybe we're not living by faith. Maybe, just maybe, we're not living by faith. What is it that, that is working? What, what's God working on in you right now? This is always an important question. Anytime I am, you know, maybe discipling somebody or, or working through some spiritual, um, you know, moments with people, I'm always asking them, what's God showing you right now? Like, what's God speaking to you? What's God working on you? And it's not just that what God is working on in me. Sometimes God's working something out of me. Has that ever happened for any of you? Oh, like, okay, Andrea, we haven't dealt with the pride yet. Let's keep on working with that. We're, we're going to keep on working until we work it out of you. So sometimes God's working in me, but sometimes he's working some things out of me. Okay? I love it. What, what is it? What is it that you're waiting for right now? In this season, in this stretch as we finish out this year, what is it that you are waiting on because listen I know sometimes we've already said it but sometimes the hardest thing that God will ever ask us to do is nothing but it is a place of surrender if we can get ourselves to a posture where we say okay God all right I'll wait I'll wait on you I, I won't try to fix it anymore I won't try to to control the situation God I surrender to this season of waiting and, and I will trust that you know what is best. I will trust. While we are waiting, God is developing something in each one of us. You know what it takes to develop a picture? A dark room. For some of us, seasons of waiting can feel like total and utter darkness. But I believe I believe that God, the master artist, does his best work sometimes in the dark. And that, that just because we can't see the end product yet doesn't mean that he isn't making something beautiful. It just takes time. And he knows the conditions. He knows the right kind of light, the right kind of limitations, the right kind of solution. All of those parts that are in the process of developing the perfect end product. God knows. And so sometimes it might feel like we are going through a type of darkness that we don't even understand. But that is the perfect place for us to lean in and exercise faith, exercise trust in God. Just because we're waiting doesn't mean God's not working. What is that picture going to look like? What is the end product going to look like? Jesus showed up in a manger in Bethlehem, an infant, and nobody thought that that was going to be the picture. When God promised a king and a Messiah who would save the world, I could guarantee there wasn't a single Jewish person, person who, who thought that that was the end picture. This image of a baby in a manger. And so sometimes the end product that we think is... What our lives will look like is not the picture that God had in mind, in, all, in mind at all. But listen, 
his picture is always better. It is always for our good. That's what Romans 8:28 reminds us that he is working all things together for our good. I want to share one story, one last story in closing today. In April of 1943, in Berlin, Lutheran pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer was arrested at his parents' home by two agents of the Gestapo. Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran pastor who adamantly rejected the Third Reich's efforts to Nazify the German evangelical church by forcing churches to embrace the ideologies of the Nazi party. For 18 long months, while his country was at war, he sat at the Teagle military prison waiting for his release, hoping to one day again see his family and to see a Germany that would be Nazi-free. In October 1944, Bonhoeffer was moved to the dreaded Gestapo prison in Berlin, and then in February 1945, he was taken to the Buchenwald concentration camp, and then finally, he was moved one last time to the Flossenburg concentration camp, and on April 9th, two years after his initial arrest, he was hanged as a traitor. Bonhoeffer hoped and dreamed of a day when he would no longer be in prison. His version of the future was different than God's plan for his life. His execution occurred two weeks before U.S. soldiers liberated the concentration camp where he was staying. And just one month before the surrender of Nazi Germany. His hope of a different future where he would marry his fiancée and pastor and share the gospel, it would never be realized. But his final words before his death were this. This is the end, but for me, the beginning of life. So whether it's a baby in a manger that doesn't look quite like the picture people would imagine, or it's moving from this life into eternity, the picture that God has for our lives is more purpose-filled than we could ever imagine and more beautiful than we could ever imagine. Even when it doesn't look like the picture that we have in our minds, we can rest that he is working all things, all things together for our good. Listen, I am prayerful for you this Christmas season that you are re-inspired to ask God for the kind of faith that is needed during the waiting. That God would encourage each one of our hearts during this season to say, you know what, God? I really do trust that you know best, and I'm okay, because you're going to help me be okay. Would you guys close your eyes and bow your heads? I'm going to pray for us as we close today. God, help me to trust you in the waiting. Help me to look at the future, a future that you have for me that is full of purpose and for my good. God, help me to remember that Jesus is a gift that sustains me no matter what. And that when I am struggling, God, I can look to him and find hope. God, when I am discouraged, I can lean on him as a reminder that you are faithful and that you know what's best. God, help me to embrace waiting as a time to prepare and grow and depend on you. In Jesus' name, amen.